Welcome to the Wealth Standard Podcast with host Patrick Donahoe, author of the best-selling personal finance book, Heads I Win, Tales You Lose, and one of the nation's most influential financial advisors. The Wealth Standard's focus this season is investing. 2020 opened with markets and asset prices at all-time highs, but many of us experience more financial uncertainty now than we did a decade ago. Although there are more choices and opportunities than ever before, the risk-to-reward ratio teeters on a global fulcrum, contributing to the roller coaster of emotions surrounding financial well-being. It seems like everyone is walking on eggshells. This season, we'll cover topics revolving around investment theory and strategy, atypical investments versus conventional investments, and the role of investing within personal wealth strategies. The Wealth Standard Podcast is committed to inspiring you to be more financially free. There is no better time to gain clarity about your wealth strategy, your investments, and your financial future than now. What would be true for you if optimism led to everything you wanted out of life? Pessimism is easy, but in my experience, it only gives you the scraps of life. Optimism engages your creative muscles. It brightens your vision and it motivates action. I love the saying, What's wrong is always available, but so is what's right. Now to the last segment with Todd Langford and the series of the truth about money. The interview in its entirety is available on YouTube, and I will make sure to post the link in the show notes on thewealthstandard.com. It's a discovery. It's not a creation. Math was always here. It, it's like saying, oh, since we discovered gravity, that's a human creation. And so from now on, I'm not going to believe in gravity anymore. Well, good luck with that one, right? We're all going to experience gravity exactly the same way. And there are certain laws in nature that exist, and they're absolute truths. And math is one of those. And when you start to confuse those, it was interesting that same an article about relativity by uh, John Messerly that I was talking about. He put this article out there, and then somebody came back in the rebuttal who was clearly one who believed or didn't believe in absolute truths that said, oh, but take that same 2 plus 2 formula with a modulus 3, and the answer is 1. Well, okay, you change the facts. Okay, the math is still there. You can change the facts all you want to. Another example from the same guy. So John, uh, he was talking about relativity, and he said, you know, I can't just declare that I'm a poached egg. I may believe that, but that didn't make it so. Okay, so there's a difference in beliefs and truth. Well, this guy that responded said, well, if you were wearing a poached egg costume at a, at a, you know, in a play, then you would be a poached egg. No, you would not be a poached egg, okay? So the difference is we can change. We have bias on different pieces, but there are absolutes that are absolutely true, and math is one of those. Have we had some faults with the math? Yeah, because the assumptions were wrong, not because the math was wrong. And I think this idea that we have mathematicians being willing to give in on that makes me think that we're in a strange place. (laughs) If math has gray areas, then, and we have all the facts, then I think we've got some problems. It goes to this separation, right? You have the non-constant environment 
that exists, which is always changing. It's always evolving. I think human biases are always evolving and changing, right? But when you start to mingle the two, that's when you get into problems. You have to separate the two of them, both the math and the logic and the evaluation tools and the environment in which the environment that is being evaluated, right? It's the idea that physicists have proven time travel, okay? But the environment doesn't allow for time travel. We'd be time traveling, right? If it did, <laughs> right? So it's this idea of separation and recognizing that, you know, I would say that there are some objective constant tools to evaluate that have been discovered, right? And the environment that they are used in is constantly changing. Right. And, I, and this is especially true probably in financial mathematics is whenever we're using financial mathematics, again, the math is absolute, but the environment is not anywhere close to being absolute. And that's why people have that breakdown where they could say, oh, see, the math is not right, or the math is relative, or the math can move around. It's not the math that moves around. It's the assumptions that support the math that move around. And that's going to be constant. You know, the, the rate of change is actually accelerating. So, and technology drives that. It's something that we all want. It's, it's kind of an interesting yin and yang, I guess, from the standpoint of everybody wants what technology offers and everybody hates change. But <laughs> the thing about it is technology drives change. It's absolutely something that's on the same path. And if we don't accept change and understand that change is what we have to do in order to get the good that we want from the other technological things that happen, I think is, you know, we've just got to get there. And it's funny to hear people say, oh, the good old days, really the good old days back when you had an outhouse in the back behind the house. I don't, you know, that's not the good old days to me. I like what technology has gotten to. And I think we're living in a fantastic time. We're in a time frame where the ratio of poor people, and I mean poor by other country standards, it doesn't exist here in the United States, okay? It just doesn't. When we see what we have and we appreciate that piece of it, wow, we're headed in the right direction. So that's, again, it goes to the notion of separation and not mingling, right? It's the environment, I would say, accepting that as a truth, right? That progress and growth is, it almost seems like it's a principle of life and it's always going to be happening. I think people are driven to do that. And then it's the ability to evaluate and make sense of it, which is where I would say the role of math and maybe even science is. Is that factually accurate or is there another way of looking at science and is it science that's evolving or is it the environment that's evolving and science is merely evaluating it so it seems like it is evolving as well yeah i think that's an interesting way to put it i think what happens is our level of knowledge as it increases we find out things that we didn't know that we put in the assumptions that were not correct if that makes sense so you know we start with going back to my analogy with the ships you know four ships went out none came back so clearly the earth is flat okay well with time we find out hmm you know we are flawed on our calculations here it's not that the math is off we still sent out four ships and none of them came back so the math was right but the assumptions in the model were wrong and that is that the earth was flat and they calculated and went too far no, something else happened to them along the way, okay? So we evolve in time, and we learn that our assumptions used in the equations were wrong. Not that the equations were necessarily wrong, or not that the results of the equation that we had was wrong. Maybe the equations are wrong, but the answer was right based on what the equation said, if that makes sense. So math is a constant. 
It's just that there's so much that we don't know yet. We've come a long way, and why is that going to stop? And I think every generation has thought, oh, we've reached a plateau. We know all there is to know. <laughs> and we can look back just a few years and figure out that's not true. And they've always been able to do that. Why do we think that's not going to happen into the future? Taking a break from the show, you know, entrepreneurs inspire me. I love meeting leaders of successful ventures who discover an idea, formulate the business, and then execute. You'd assume that they know how to structure their personal finances. I believed that too, but I was wrong. Entrepreneurs are never taught to effectively manage their wealth to work alongside their business and lifestyle. All of that work, effort, toil, and time wasted. Entrepreneur 101 is an online course that teaches you a financial strategy that works so that success is not a flash in the pan, but lasting. The spirit of the entrepreneur doesn't have to be compromised. Register for the Entrepreneur 101 course today for free at thewealthstandard.com forward slash E-N-T. That's Echo November Tango. Thewealthstandard.com forward slash E-N-T. Again, there's this assumption, right, that all knowledge is essentially going to be achieved. And some people operate with that assumption, but it's been proven time and time again. Is it a false assumption to assume that knowledge will continue to expand? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, it's still an assumption, right? But I would say it's not an absolute, right? But history proves that it's highly probable. Yeah. And think about where we've gone to. I would say that some core, we probably know that that's the truth because we've decided that we can't learn fast enough, which is why we have to have computers and other places to store the stuff that we can't maintain in our brain so that we can still experience the growth and knowledge without having to retain it and do it personally. So we've already figured out it's bigger than what we are, right? Already, like you said, (laughs) and it's already there, right? And that's where I would say the acceleration uh, takes place. And you know, going to Uh, an assumption. It's not absolute. I would say it's highly probable just based on human nature, right? But the sustenance level is going to continue to come down. I think, you know, life is going to get easier. I was having a conversation recently regarding Skylink. Is it Skylink? Which is the, you know, Elon Musk's, one of his companies that is going to be providing, you know, internet uh, satellites, a very good internet connection relative to what people currently have in parts of the world where the infrastructure doesn't exist. And that right there is going to accelerate learning among a lot of people that right now are not able to leverage technology, right? They can't communicate the way we're communicating. They can't have this knowledge being processed in certain ways and have access to that in order to accelerate their lifestyle, right? I believe that the world is just going to you know, take off in a sense and it's exciting. At the same time, again, it goes to this point of you know the future is going to be different than the present in so many ways because it's happening exponentially. And so if our assumptions right now, as far as what it's going to take to achieve a meaningful life, right, is just based on you know a certain set of right now assumptions, those assumptions are going to change, right? Costs are going to change. The experiences you want are going to change. The biases that you have, that human beings have, are going to is going to change. That's the evolving and the exciting piece, right? The role of math is simply the role of math, the role of science, the role of logic is simply to evaluate and explain it. 
Yeah. So this is where one of my beliefs comes in. This is not truth. I'm going to talk about a belief. And that is that I think that discipline is going to be a, become a critical piece of moving forward because right now, anybody can coast. Technology has got us to a place right now that we can pretty much coast. We can waste time. We can waste mental effort and not starve to death. Okay. And so because we don't have that drive that keeps us on task, we have to have the discipline to continue to do that, to continue to feed our mind with stuff, to continue to try to grow, to continue to figure stuff out because we really don't have to. In today's society, we can kick back. And I think that's where death really occurs. I think it's this, you know, it's when everything becomes about entertainment and nothing about what's really important. When we separate ourselves from everybody around us and we start to rely on email and other pieces for our communications and really talking to people and finding out what makes them, what, what drives them. And it's that relationship that disappears. And I think it's discipline that has to step in and say, okay, all this other stuff's taken care of. Nothing is critical anymore. And I have to stay on task. That's tough. And I think it's agility as well. I look back on COVID-19, right? In quarantine, you know, our office completely shut down. I was used to, to traveling, going to events and doing things, you know, at least a couple of times a month, everything ceased. I had this massive, you've been to the office a number of times, massive office with nobody here. I rode my bike during the summer into a city where I didn't see cars on my way in, right? Nobody was here. And I came to this place that was empty and business was amazing because you had people at home, we were able to be agile and have all of our employees work from home. Our expenses went down. Everything was amazing. And because of how our business rhythm is set up, I found myself with nothing to do for many days. I was unhappy, right? Miserable. It didn't matter what was going on right here, there, and, and elsewhere, right? That I would consider you know, things that were successful. The meaning I attached right to coming in and being with people and going to events and learning and expanding my knowledge, everything had been disrupted. And so it took me, you know, didn't take that long, but I had to, you know, come to grips with that and find meaning elsewhere. And I think the same thing is going to to happen. Not to that extent, that was very abrupt, right? But there are going to there's going to be technology that makes life even easier than it is today. And I believe that there is still a drive inside of people to survive, right? To earn a wage, to pay the bills, to put on the table, and people find meaning in the ability to do that, which I totally understand. When that's taken care of, or it takes 10% of the effort to do that, okay, you're not going to experience the same meaning from it. So therefore... It's this constant evolution of expanding, growing, and it's the awareness of it. And then I would say that discipline is its a relative term, right? Discipline to be aware, to be agile, and to constantly seek growth. And I believe that that is you know, within all of us, right? When you're not growing, you're dying, right? I'm sure that there's lots of ways in which we can evaluate that, right? I think that, you know, isn't second law of thermodynamics. I mean, there's some physical laws as far as growth and transformation and evolution and, you know, that can be measured and evaluated. But I believe that it's, you're going to have to be more agile because change to the environment is going to happen at a much quicker pace. What's really cool about that is the opportunity for more time has been given to us because of technology, right? 
But what's also been given to us by technology is the ability to learn anything you want to learn. You have it at your fingertips with the computer and the internet. Now, yes, you have to siphon through the, the garbage that's out there because there's a lot of untruth stuff. But again, if you apply your brain to look at the logic side of things and see what makes sense and what doesn't and follow that, any idea you have, you can follow that. You can improve who you are mentally just by taking some of that time that's been given to you and invest in your own education in whatever area it is. And, you know, you can become the professional that we talked about earlier <laughs> pretty easily with the amount of data that's out there if you'll just spend the time with it and and have some drive in that area. You know, find something that you really like. And I think that's one of the downsides of uh, the old model prior to what we've seen in the last 30, 40, 50 years. And that is, you know, I go to work in this place. It was decided when I was a kid, because that's what my dad did, that I'm going to do X and I hate this. It doesn't drive me, but at five o'clock I get to go home every day and that's supposed to be fulfilling. Well, now you have the ability to do whatever it is you want to do and make money at it if you just think through it, right? And so it comes back to what we were talking about, about the twofold idea. Hey, you can learn something and make money doing something that you like, right? So wouldn't that be cool? So we have the opportunity to do that and you can do it part-time, which is even better. You don't have to quit what you're doing that's providing for your family, right? To go down a different track, but you can educate yourself on that other track while you're earning a living from something maybe you don't like doing right now. So you get both ends and then you get to be to a place where you're going to be beyond productive because you're doing what you really like. And that's where I would say that's the North star in a sense, right? Is to look for the things that you love, look for the things that you enjoy, look for the things that, you know, you have talent and ability in that is, I would say in a sense, superior to the other things that you know how to do. Usually those are what give you that fulfillment and that meaning. And like you said, there's so many opportunities these days. I was, you know, Jack has gotten into this like fascination with 3D printing. He wants like this little toy 3D printer for his, you know, seventh birthday. And, you know, we were watching some videos last night of this YouTube channel that basically 3D printed wheels for Hot Wheels cars <laughs> had like yeah. 200 million views or something like that. And for those that understand how YouTube works and advertising models, that's that guy's full-time job, right? Just basically 3D printing wheels and showing, showing how to do it. And you have all sorts of bizarre channels, right? And things that people found a profession in that you could tell they love to do. So sky's the limit these days. And I'm sure that there's some doubters that are like, well, that's for you. That's for this. It's, you know, again, that's an assumption. At the same time, there's evidence, if you know where to look for it, that some pretty amazing things are possible. And even for the doubters. Absolutely. If we can break that pattern, and that goes back to what you said about, you know, our path through time as human beings, we've got stuff internal to us that many times were put in place to the fight and flight idea of protecting us. And unfortunately, that protection limits us in an environment like we have today, right? It's the idea, well, that could never work. I would, I'd have to do without what I normally do. I couldn't provide for my family if I took a chance on this or whatever else. But in today's time, it's not that big a chance that you have to take, right? You can play with it. You can find out. You get to learn, and the beauty of it is you get to be who you really are. Dan Sullivan with Strategic Coach has the idea of unique ability. 
And it's a fabulous idea. The interesting piece to me on the idea around unique ability is that your unique ability is hard for you to recognize because as human beings, we all think everybody else is wired like we are, right? We all think everybody else thinks the same way. We all think everybody else believes the same way. I mean, that's just something that we do as human beings. That's how we get along with other people, right? It makes us fit in if everybody is like we are. And so when we have something that we can do that's really special, we think everybody else can do it. But if we can take the time to figure out what that is and monetize it, man, people would gladly pay for that benefit because it's something they don't have, right? Thank you for listening to the Wealth Standard Podcast. Be sure to visit the show's official website, thewealthstandard.com, for appropriate disclaimers and terms of service. Guest opinions are their own. If you require specific investing, financial, legal, tax, or any other specialized advice, please consult an appropriate professional. We welcome and appreciate reviews of the show. Head on over to iTunes or Stitcher to leave your review. And don't forget to subscribe to the show to get access to every new episode and exclusive interviews this season. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Whoa.